Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. So he says in verse 12, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And so I think what Paul's saying is that, you know, those who are doing the work of God in the church, those who labor among you, those who are over you, you know, leaders in the church, that you're to admonish them and that you're to esteem them highly. And then he says, to be at peace among yourselves. Now, I think Paul knew that there were troublemakers in the church. He's like, hey, be at peace, respect the leaders, don't cause them grief. And so I like this verse. (laughs) So he goes on to say, warn those who are unruly. And then he says, Comfort the faint-hearted. So there's different kind of sheep in the flock. And so comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. So those who are faint-hearted, what should we do? Comfort them. Those who are weak, what should we do? Help uphold them. And then ultimately, we need to be patient with everyone. So does everyone just include those who are faint-hearted and those who are weak? No, it also includes those who are unruly. And so we should pray that the Lord would give us patience. Because quite often, Christians, they get saved, they go to a church, they're kind of excited about Jesus, and then some time passes, and then pretty soon they decide, this pastor's lame, he isn't a very good teacher, and I need to get a better one. And so they, they go to another church, another church, and then, and then pretty soon they're like, man, this pastor's lame. And then they start looking around like, these people are lame too. And then pretty soon they just have no patience for anyone in the church. But the reality is, is that we're all sinners. We all have weaknesses. We all got issues. So what did Jesus tell us to do? To be patient with one another, to love one another. So, you know, you just need to treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Now, most of you make a lot of mistakes, and most of you do things you shouldn't do, say things you shouldn't say, and so how do you want to be treated when that happens? You want people to be kind and gracious. Oh, hey, I forgive you. Jesus said the measure that you measure out, in other words, the way you treat other people is the way you're going to be treated. Now, with that truth, in my mind, I think I want to be gracious. I, I don't want to be harsh with people. I don't want to be pointing out everybody else's sin and problems. Why? Because I don't want anybody doing it to me. And so basically, the way you treat other people is the way people are going to treat you. Now, The Bible tells us, how should we treat people? Well, if they're unruly, warn them. If they're faint-hearted, comfort them. If they're weak, hold them up. But ultimately, we should be patient with everyone, whatever their situation is. And he says in verse 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. In other words, don't render evil for evil means don't seek revenge. If somebody does you wrong, don't think you gotta pay him back. We're not to repay evil for evil. If somebody does you wrong, you need to forgive them and you need to move on. Let it go. God doesn't want a root of bitterness growing in your heart. And you know, this is such a wonderful truth for all of us because if somebody does you wrong and you hold on to it and you allow a root of bitterness to take hold in your life, then eventually you'll become a person who's full of bitterness, who doesn't trust anyone, who doesn't love anyone, who doesn't have very good relationships with anyone because you have this bitterness in your life. And God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be free of bitterness. And so he's saying, you know, that don't, don't repay evil for evil. Don't seek to have revenge. But it's an empty life because if somebody does evil to you and you go and do evil to them, do you think it makes you feel better? No. 
all it does is make you feel worse. And so the Bible says, look, don't listen to the world's philosophies. Don't render evil for evil. So he goes on to say, but well, how should we live then? Now he gives us some insight of how we should be living. And he says in verse 16, rejoice always. What does that mean? Well, it means to have joy in your heart. It means to be like, woo, you know, rejoicing, to have joy. Now you say, Pastor Bob, how can I rejoice always in the country that we live in? Don't you watch the news? Don't you see all the things that are going on, all the bad stuff that's happening? How can I rejoice always? Well, the next verse. He says, pray without ceasing. I think they go together. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So again, we have here the will of God for your life. So he said, the will of God for you is to live a holy life, don't be sexually immoral, be sober, and now he says, to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks. Well, how can you pray without ceasing? Well, you can pray in your car with your eyes open. I mean, there's no place in the Bible that it says, when you pray, close your eyes. Now, I close my eyes a lot when I pray because I like to tune other people out, you know. Same thing like at church. If you're new here and you come in and we're singing these songs and you see someone with their eyes closed and their hands up, you're like, what's wrong with them, uh, you know? But I close my eyes because I don't want to see other people because I'm trying to worship Jesus. And I start looking at other people like, man, who, who colored her hair? And it's like, oh, where did she get that shirt? Uh, you know, and you're just like, and then what is the drummer doing? How come his sticks don't light up? What's going on up there? You know, it's just, you just start thinking about all this other stuff and you're not thinking about Jesus. And so we're to be pray without ceasing. It means that you're just in a constant attitude of prayer, that you're communing with God, talking to God all the time. You can talk to him in a whisper. You can just, you know, whatever. Just, you can talk out loud in your car. You pray in your car. Pray everywhere you go. In verse 18, he says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Now, it doesn't say for everything. So it's not saying, thank God for all the bad things that happened to you. It says, in everything. So when bad things happen, how can you give thanks in a bad situation or in a trial or some terrible thing that happens to you? Well, because in that trial, you can give thanks that God is on your side, that he loves you, and that he's going to work things out for good in your life. You should memorize Romans 8.28, that God is going to help you through whatever comes your way. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how hard it is, no matter if you think, I won't be able to do this, I can't make it, I can't go on, God is able to help you. And so that's how you can rejoice always, is you pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if you came to church tonight and you're thinking, what's God's will for my life? It's to be thankful. God wants you to be thankful. And you know what? If you pray every day when you get up and say, God, help me to be thankful today, and you choose to live a thankful life, you will live a great life. Because I live with a person who is one of the most thankful people that I've ever met in my life. And you know what? She's enjoying life more than the rest of you. <laughs> Why? She's just thankful. Whatever comes, like, whoa, she's just enjoying it. And sometimes people are like, well, no one can be that thankful, can they? Yeah. You start praying when you're like 14. You pray that for like 40 years, and then eventually you start being thankful. Anyway, just the point is, is that being thankful blesses you. So you want to have a blessed life? Well, if I ask you here, hey, how many of you would rather be thankful or how many of you would rather be miserable? Because those are the options. You're either going to look and say, God's going to help me through this. I know it's going to work out. Or you're going to say, it won't work out. It can't work out. Even God can't fix this person I'm married to. You know, it's always just looking at the negative. Did you guys watch the Seattle game this weekend? You know, I was sad because, you know, Russell Wilson's a Christian. He's the quarter of Seattle Seahawks. And they're losing, and he's playing his worst game ever. I'm like, this is so sad. And in your mind, you're thinking, Russell, did you not go to church last week? Or what's up, man? Are you, are you not praying? What is up with you? And he's just playing terrible. And then they score like 15 points in 40 seconds. Then he throws this awesome pass in the last, I don't know, whatever, overtime, and they win. And 
What was interesting, though, is that when they interviewed him afterwards, you know what he said? They said, Russell, how was it? You threw four interceptions in this playoff game. And they're like, Russell, how about all your terribleness, all the worst things you've ever done in your history as a pro quarterback? And you know what he said? God is good. And I was like, it seemed kind of weird. He was like, God is good. I was like, that seems kind of weird. And then he said, you know what? We never stop believing. And I was like, that seems kind of weird too. But you know what he was saying is, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. God can do anything. And what he was basically saying is I translate it into my language. He said, I was an idiot most of the game. But you know what? I just kept believing that God was going to help me out here, and we won. Now, he didn't say it like that, but that's my translation. And he really was terrible. You know, it was just like, but he won. Now, you say, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, that's his job. That means like if you go to work and you do the dumbest thing you ever could do at your work and your boss is like, I'm about ready to fire you. <laughs> and you're thinking, God help you. Yeah, you just watched that rerun of that CLC. Okay, I mean, that was his job and God helped him out. And so how can you be thankful in everything? We have to know Romans 8, 28. You have to know that God can work everything out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. If you love God, he's gonna help you out. So he goes on and he says in verse 19, do not quench the spirit and do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast to all things, uh, all that is good. And so he's saying, you know, don't quench the spirit. What does that mean? Don't do things that would quench the spirit in your life. If you're on a date with someone that you really like, there's things you can do to quench that date. Like start telling them all the terrible things about themselves. That will just like quench it. So, or doing things that they don't like you to do. And so he's saying, test all things. Verse 21, what does that mean? Whatever doctrine your pastor teaches, hey, you should read your own Bible. Know if it's true. What is he saying about loving people? Is that what we're supposed to do? Did Jesus really say that? You just look it up yourself. And then 22, he said, abstain from every form of evil. That's pretty simple, right? He says, hey, don't do evil things. Well, how do you know what's evil? Read the Bible. Read Galatians chapter 5. It gives us a good list there. Read the whole New Testament. So he goes on to say, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body, speaking of the triune being of the believer, be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So spirit, soul, and body. When God made Adam and Eve, they were spirit, soul, and body. What happened? They sinned. And what happened? Did Adam drop dead? Poof. No. What happened? His spirit died. So he was just soul and body. And he was controlled by his body appetites. When Jesus came, died on the cross, and said, I came to give you life, and he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, what, man? I can't go into my mom's womb again. What are you talking about? And he was saying, no, you must be born of the spirit. So Jesus was saying that you need to be spirit, soul, and body. Try you being to be a whole person. And so being born again spiritually, and Paul talks about that in verse 23, that the whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. I love verse 24. God is faithful. If you want to follow the Lord and you want to live the life that God has for you, you simply pray and say, God, help me. I know you're faithful. And admit the truth about yourself. Lord, I'm not always faithful. Lord, I'm not always doing the right thing. I know that I mess up, but God, help me. And it says, he is able. He also will do it. And so for you to know that your relationship with God is not dependent upon your greatness but his faithfulness. And that's why Paul tells him. He tells these young Christians in verse 24 that he who calls you is faithful and he will also do it. See, God will help you to live a holy life. God will help you to live a moral life. God will help you to live a sober life. God will help you to live a righteous life. But you have to want it. You have to ask him, Lord, help me. And it says, he will also do it. And then he goes on to say in verse 25, brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren, that's you, that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So, amen. So we're finished. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. 
And uh, Lord, we just thank you so much that you give us direction about how to live life and what you want us to be doing until you come. And so Lord, we do pray that you would help us to just grow in our knowledge of your word, to grow in our understanding of prophecy and eschatology and the truth about the end times. Lord, that we would be ready, that we would be watching. And Lord, that we would be living the kind of life that you want us to live, a holy, sober life, seeking you, walking in your spirit, loving people, seeking to love you, Lord. And so we thank you for your word tonight. We pray that you would cause these truths to continue to transform us from the inside out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you